This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Golden Edge Podcast is sponsored by SDN Sports from Station Casinos. SDN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. Sign up today and get a new sign-up bonus of up to $50. What's up, everyone? Welcome into the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Talks about hockey. Uh, I am Ben Goetz, joined, of course, by my colleagues Adam Hill and Dave Shane. And we have a very special guest today. Uh, the Gopher football team, the University of Minnesota, has 11 wins for the first time since 1904. So it's been a good week for this guy, defenseman Nate Schmidt of the Golden Knights, who is also a Gopher with shared alma mater. Hey. Nate, how's it going? Great. Thank you so much for having me. That's a very uh, nice uh, prelude to uh, the podcast. Really nice. Uh, go Gophers. And thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Well... Uh, we're talking to you as you're about to start game five of a seven-game homestand tomorrow against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, first off, is it weird to be at home this much for basically two straight weeks during the season? You know, I don't know what movie. I can't remember what's from. It's a, they don't know what to do with my hands for this long, right? <laughs> just kinda, I don't know what I should do for this long. But it almost felt as though every day we get done with a game, you're like, okay, so where are we going? You know, are we supposed to be leaving somewhere? Or did you guys pack your bags? Uh, you know, because we'd been on the road, and even when we came home, it was for a day or two, and that's tough, you know, and so it's been nice to have some people schedule, schedule trips around this time, you know, friends and family get to make their way in, and um, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's it's weird, though, I mean, it's, you're used to going and playing and moving around and, and all that jazz, but we're going to have a lot of road games here in the next uh, month or so. So you enjoy this time at home when you can. You, you talk about all those road games. What is it like to be on the road as an NHL player? Like what people at, I'm sure at home are like, <laughs> I don't even know what that's like. But what is it like to be on the road? Man, I got to tell you, I mean, it's awesome. I, I really, I mean, I love playing at home. And there's nothing like playing hockey here. I'm, the hockey part aside, it's great because you get everybody, you get 24 grown kids that go out and just is like, and you go into these cool cities and it's just a playground. He's like, hey, what do you guys want to do today? Oh, let's walk around and do this or let's go shopping. Or, I mean, that's for, at least for me. And, um, that's what I, you know, I like to go out and see the city and you just do a little bit more than just sit in your hotel room. And there are guys, hey, I play with guys that you get on the road, it's lockdown, into the room, room service, <laughs> Netflix until 4 a.m. You know what I mean? <laughs> go to bed, get up and play. Do yeah. you re- sorry? Do you regret not having Las Vegas as a road destination ever? Oh yeah, I mean, it's just like it's like New York City uh, a little bit. Like I would come to, I would go to a show. Like when I'm in New York City, I always try and go to a show, you know. And so that's what I would do, you know. And it's fun to have, but we have it, so it's yeah. yeah so it's we have the luxury of being able to to have any type of road game, any time of you know after the game, like. Uh, 
Sunday or Saturday. I can't remember where I played. It, one o'clock game. It was fantastic. You get out, have a little dinner, enjoy the strip a little bit, head home, be home by 10 o'clock. Fantastic. I know that's not how most visitors do it, but I guess that's how most locals do it. <laughs> well, well, I'll ask you a little bit about hockey. Obviously, four games in a row you guys have won. How much do you guys feel you've turned the corner as a team? How good do you guys feel about your game right now? Uh, you know what? I like uh, a lot of parts of our game right now. I, I like the way we've responded in games. Um, I always find that that's a really good mark of a team is how you respond, especially when you go down, especially when you're, your back's against the wall a little bit. Uh, it's easier to for last game to just kind of fold it up after 20 minutes and gone home. But I, I just I like the way our guys responded to that, and that's something that had been something we've been used to, I guess. And I think sometimes you take it for granted. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, you look at yourself like I can't believe we didn't come back, or oh man, you know, I, you know what's wrong? Why aren't we doing this? We used to do this all the time, and I think you take it for granted a little bit. You know, it's hard. It's hard to do it. Um, and when you do it, you got to enjoy that moment, right? And like that was a, it was a heck of a game. It was a lot of fun, a lot of ups and downs in the game. Um, I mean, for us, it's a little bit easier not to be an emotional roller coaster because you're on the ice and you can do something about it. I can only imagine what it's like to watch it. <laughs> so, um, well, I think the fan, I think uh, T-Mobile got its money's worth that night. <laughs> Uh, what about, I guess, your game individually? Because you have had an interesting start to the year where I'm sure you were excited to actually start yeah, the year thanks. on the team this time. <laughs> and then... Right no sabbatical the of, <laughs> for me, yes. Right yeah, at sorry, the end of the first period, you collide with Logan Couture and yeah. obviously kind of had that speed bump right away. So what's this year kind of been like for you? Yeah, it's been up and down. I mean, there's been times where, you know, you, you know at first you're just trying to get back and then it's trying to get your timing back. And then... You know, you might have a setback or two, and and it's just getting yourself to to not think about it is hard. Uh, but it was, you know, I, I would I guess if you're, I'd say I'd rather take this year's start, obviously. Uh, um, but it's always it's 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 always tough to go through that. It, it, mentally, it's really hard. You know, for for guys that are hurt. If you're hurt by yourself, it's really it's really challenging because you're not around the guys. You're in at separate times. You're um, like for Cody Eakin, you know, we were on the road. Yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to be hurt. You're in here. You don't see the guys. You feel very disconnected from the team. And I shouldn't say thankfully, but think, you know, Malcolm and Alex Tucker are in the same position. So we were all and Peyton Krebs, you know, was was here as well. And and we were just kind of going through the the rehab part of it. And you at least get to go to, with guys together. Um, so, I mean, it's been, uh, you know, it, this year's been tougher. You know, the, the things, I think our first two years after you got through the suspension, after you got, it was, for me on the ice, it, was, it just seemed a little easier. Things were coming easier. This year it's been a little bit tougher. Um, there are more games that you want more out of your play. Uh, and, but you know what? And, and that's, you, and that's why I, you know, I enjoy this journey. Like, if it's always going to be easy, it's not as fun, right? If you can get yourself out of these types of situations, that's when you can look back and say, man, like, that's, that was a gut check moment for your team. That's a gut check moment for yourself. And you know, it's not always going to be perfect. So you, uh, finding ways, that's not my favorite part of sports. Guys that can find ways to make, to get things done, you know, whether it's sports or, you know, for you guys, uh, you got to get something out that night, just finding a way to do it, you know, and that's what I always find the most satisfaction in in my life, I guess. 
So uh, I actually am going to go to Austria this summer. I'm looking forward to that. Man. What is it like? I'm telling you. Well, I don't know where you're going, but it's, it's fantastic. I loved it. It was, I, aside for why I was there, yeah. it, was, <laughs> it was unbelievable. Um, it, it's just something, the, the people were, were, were incredibly nice and, and, and you know, welcoming. I lived in uh, like a, I don't even know how to really, like a local community. Like there right. was no... Like I had to go in and ask very politely if they had English menus and things like that. And once I started, I could always order a few things in German, beer being one of them. <laughs> I learned how to order beers. And, and it was actually funny. The first uh, night I met the guys on the road with the team, we were in Dornburn. It was uh, uh, kind of up in the Alps on the uh, western side of Austria. And we were at this small little... The bar, just meeting the guys after they had won the game. We had two days in between the next game. And, and one of the guys, one of the Austrian guys was kind of messing with me. He's like, yeah, Seaman, I didn't know what means seven. Okay. And she's like, yeah, whenever you order beers, you Seaman beer, bitte. It means seven beers, please. <laughs> so I remember sitting down for the first time when I got back home. And I was like, Seaman beer, bitte. And the guy looked at me like, you're the only one. This is me at lunch. <laughs> so he walks out with seven beers and puts them on the table. And I went... Oh man, <laughs> this is not right. And it was back in like my local part, so you know right. it wasn't like the tourist area where right. they would have been like, "Hey, buddy, you don't right. need seven beers." <laughs> but, How long uh, did it take you to drink the seven say, beers? Drink me I, yeah. I, I, I tried. I, I ended up giving a, a few of them away to people that were next to me. But uh, it was uh, it was funny. I, it was great though. I, I don't know where you're. Are you going to we'll go to in? Salzburg? Awesome. I've yeah. I've only heard great things. So. Yeah. So you're obviously very self, self-deprecating about the suspension, but I'd like to ask you just a little more seriously in yeah. terms of how tough it's been the last year plus. Maybe the things that you've tried to advocate for here kind of going forward, what's the process been like for you with, with that since the suspension? Yeah, uh, it, was, it was really hard mentally. And even sometimes, you know, it's, you think back and you're like, man, I can't believe that actually all went through, right? And um, and. And again, we're at a place now where a lot of talk has been going on. You, you have the a lot of progress happening behind the scenes, um, which is great. Uh, I think hopefully we'll see something here in the next uh, little bit. And you know, it, it's it makes me happy that that's going to happen. Um, that being said, it, it's, it sucks going and, and talking about it sometimes and you have to re-go through everything that you did and everything that, everything that you did with the, the cases and everything you did with the, the arbitration, all the hearings and all the things like that. And that's, that wasn't a, that's a pretty low point. You know, for me, I, I like to have a pretty positive outlook on things and, and even for me, it was a pretty dark time, right? You go through that. It's, it's hard. It's hard to have your you know, character and question. And it's not a fun thing to go through. Um, but that being said, a year later, a year and a half later, uh, I couldn't be happier with how things have progressed and how, it, I mean, it took me a little bit to get over everything that happened. Um, so, you know, I like the spot that we're in as a, as a league, um, as, a, as the NHLPA and myself and how it's moving forward. And I'm hoping that, uh, like I said, 
if uh, something like my situation ever happened, I hope it doesn't happen to anybody ever again. It's obviously a very different situation, but for Zekoff to go through the same thing, you know, this year as far as suspension and everything else, like bringing up all the everything that you went through last year again and kind of yeah. recycling that yeah. stuff. How difficult is that to kind of go R- through? It brings back a lot of heartache, yeah. right? You know, and and that was something that uh, you know you look back and you say, you know, look at my situation and and just from a just from that standpoint. Um, going through missing the guys and whatnot. And uh, that's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. That, um, so for me, it was, yeah, I, you just try and immerse yourself as much as you can in living in Vienna and things like that. But so you understand, uh, you know, that side of things. Um, but yeah, it, it brought up a lot of, especially for me, it brought, it bring, brought, brought back a lot of harsh memories, you know, and things you had to go through in order to, you know, and be sitting here with you guys right now. On the opposite side of that, we we talk a lot about, you know, did anybody expect this out of the Golden Knights? Like, of course not. Nobody expected the success that you guys have had and everything else. On a personal level, like, when you find out, okay, I'm going to Vegas, could you ever imagine what was going to happen for you personally as far as the attention and being beloved here and, like, becoming this big star here? Like, could you ever imagine that was going to happen? I thank you. I appreciate that. You know uh, that that's true. Hey, I, 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 I love being here, and I love I, – I didn't know – you know, when I, I was, it was so bittersweet for me because I was leaving a very good team. I was leaving a team where I finally got to play in the top four and I finally got to play, you know, you know for three years they traded to take my spot. Tim Gleason, Mike, uh, oh my gosh, uh, oh my gosh, uh, in St. Louis, Mike Weber um, and then Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, every year that I was there to go, they traded for somebody to take my spot. So that was really hard to swallow you know at the third after the third time i was i was just like you gotta be kidding me you know <laughs> but um ended up getting to the playoffs that last year uh, and i thought man i have a chance you know i'm just starting to kind of get into the scene in washington feel like you belong there after a year or two um but i was so excited because eric was i knew eric Halla was coming here i was really excited but i was really excited just to see what would it be like and i always love visiting vegas yeah. you know i always got cleaned out when i came but uh, <laughs> i mean i donated uh, to the probably the future you know golden knights fund um but uh I, you know i i, I always liked coming it's like you know what we'll see you know it's vegas we'll see how it all plays out and you just i and i tell us everybody you just can't could not have imagined or put it into words how it has come full circle and how it has become a hotbed that it is now. I mean, that first, that first, you know, day we got here just for practice. I remember just, you know, a lot of people hanging around, a lot of buzz around the guys and just most awkward locker room situation in my life. (laughs) No one knew anyone. It was like, Hey man, how's it going? Hey, what are we doing here? Uh, It's overhead press upstairs in the weight room. Sounds good. Good talk. I'll see you on the ice. (laughs) You know, so, um, I mean, other than that, like you had a few guys, but it was, uh, it just, you really couldn't describe how it's all, you know, and for me personally, I love it here. My mom always asks me sometimes, are you, are you going to actually come home? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I'm like, mom, I love it here. I think it's great. It's fantastic. I mean, our winters, I wear a light jacket, like when it's 50 and long pants, Cause I'm soft when it comes to weather now. Yeah, I'm bundled up. <laughs> yeah, I'm same. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm so, yeah. Right. I mean, like, you it know leaves you quick. Yeah. It leaves you so quick. I went home for Christmas and I had like about four different layers on when I went to uh, mid, uh, the Christmas Eve mass. And I was like, 
I shouldn't be doing this, but I will <laughs> tell you. And it was like 30, 30 degrees, which is tropical winter yeah. in Minnesota. <laughs> so I love, but I love being here. It's, it's fun. The people are really nice and, and, and just people are passionate about the team, which it makes it fun to be here. Yeah, I want to go back to something you talked about there about your spot kind of constantly being taken with the Capitals. I think a lot of people don't know. I mean, you started at St. Cloud Cathedral defending 1A state champions. In yeah, Minnesota, thank you, thank you. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers to those guys. <laughs> uh, went to the University of Minnesota, but you went undrafted and you yeah. had to kind of really earn your way into the league. How much did being undrafted and having to kind of prove your step yourself every step up the ladder help you or motivate you? And, and I don't know if this is actually true or if it's just something that I put in my own head. Um, but like, I always thought, you know, when I first, when I was undrafted, I was like, oh man, the drafted guys always get the chance, right? Like, you know, they're always the ones, you know, I was the expendable one my freshman year because I wasn't drafted, right? And it was, there was no one breathing down anyone's neck to have me play. And then as my sophomore year kind of came along, everything kind of turned around. And when I went to sign to be a pro, I felt the same way when I got to, you know, into Hershey, it was, man, these are the guys, these draft picks, they're going to be ones that get the chance. And so I always try to have this chip on my shoulder, like, you know, I'm kind of expendable. I'm going to, you know, I'm a free agent guy. I got to make sure I prove my worth. And, and it was, it was, uh, my first year I was up and down with what, and it was, it was, it was really hard. Um, I, my team in Hershey, I ended up getting hurt that year. You know, it was a tough team. It wasn't really my favorite group that I've ever played with. But then my second year is when I really, I think I kind of found my, my groove. It was an awesome team. Um, went down with a much different attitude than I did the first time. You know, because the first time you get sent down, you think you're never coming back. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's the hardest thing ever. And I, and I want to tell guys, especially when you're a young guy, you get sent down. It's mainly because there's other guys, there are contracts that need to be played, and things that happen, and, and experience is everything in this game. Everyone wants to say you have a guy that's played in the playoffs. And so I got a chance to play in some playoffs in Hershey and then made your way up through Washington. And there's never really a, uh, it wasn't really a defining moment until I had a great playoff when I came here. You know, it takes a few years to really kind of make your mark on things. So the scouting report on you has always been your strength as a skater. And I'm, I'm curious about that because you remind me of the kid that when we played pickup hockey, just never got tired. <laughs> and it used to drive me nuts because I would always be chugging around and you're just cruising along, gliding, you know, like nothing. So have you always been that way? Maybe where does the, I guess, efficiency in your stride kind of come from? Uh, I would tell you, I was always pretty good. You know, my brother was a really, really good skater and my sister figure skated. She was, and they're both older. She was actually probably the best skater of all of us. Um, cause figure skaters are so much better than, uh, than hockey skaters. I used to never believe that until I went on the ice with, um, like when I was in college with some of the, the girls that did uh, cheer squad and they were figure skaters. I'm like, man, you guys are so much better than we are. It's <laughs> outrageous. Like the, their edges and everything. So it makes a big difference, honestly, to start in almost figure skating. But my brother did, so I think he you know, was really good. But it's just when I was in fourth grade, we had this, uh, our elementary school, and right next to our elementary, right across the road, not a busy road, was this massive park called Pantown Park, and they would flood the entire thing. Yeah. Um, it was massive. It was about the size of four rinks. And then these, well, this one little tiny little warming house, and my buddy lived right across the street. And we would just play until our parents came and picked us up. So you just kind of play until your toes freeze and you go inside, you warm them up and you come back out and skate again. <laughs> that's uh, that, yeah, yeah, that's about as much. And you just kind of skate and skate and skate and skate and skate until you, and we did that for an entire year. I think that really kind of helped me become a really good skater. 
I mean, you, you have to, because especially when you're in fourth grader, you got the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth graders. You got to keep up to everybody, right? Right, right. You know, and then you got your brother who's, you know, he's he was, uh, the, you know, the cat's pajamas, you know, growing up. So it was, I was trying to catch him. And so, it, it, I don't know, I've always said that you always got to try and get to that next part, get to that next part. So, so we talked, talk, he asked, have you always been that way as far as skating? Have you always been Nate Schmidt? Because it's always been you. And, and I think along those same lines, there's a lot of guys that have big personalities and then we turn a, a recorder on or we turn a camera on and it's like, you know, we're just trying to win the game. Yeah. But you, you're not. I mean, like, is that a conscious decision from you to say, like, this is who I am and I'm going to talk about it? Yeah. Um, so yes and no. I mean, uh, I was always this way with my family. Yeah. Um, I was always nervous to show people who I actually was when I was growing up. You know, like my, my really... Uh, close group of friends knew but other than that it was that was it and when I, you know when at school you try you know in school you're, you know you're trying to be the cool guy right <laughs> um and then college was the same way you know i i you know it's so many highly touted prospects i, I just i didn't really come out of my shell um until i kind of turned pro i mean like i did you know for most part you know when i was at school i would every once in a while but to get where i am now it took till you know, my last year of college and my first two years of pro where I just said, screw it. I got, if you're not cool with, you know, with this, then, then fooey on you, you know? And then, <laughs> so I, and it's way more fun. You know, I, I, I've always had fun and I always try to as best I can. And, and it's, I mean, I do decompress when I go home some days. I don't bounce off the walls off. at home. I don't yeah. bounce off the walls at home as much as I do, uh, you know, at the rink and, you know, when we're out on the road, but, uh, I just think there's so much more to, you know, than being Mr. Mundane, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I, I actually asked you about this the first year. I'm kind of curious. I'd asked you about how much of that is, is you understanding you can be a little bit of a lightning rod um, for, for the attention in the locker room, take some of the pressure off some of the other guys, and whether you feel like maybe that's a little bit, you know, of your role in a locker room, I guess. I, yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that. First of all, I can't remember that you said that a year and a half, two years ago. I can't remember what I, I ate for breakfast. I, I, rem- <laughs> I, I, I compared you to Dennis Rodman. I remember, and you, you know what? Got, I do remember yes. the lightning rod thing, actually, now that you say it. I see it sometimes a little lightning rod there you go. Yeah. jolt of the memory. You know, that's funny you say that because today in practice, Turk comes over to me and goes, are you only going to talk to me or are you going to practice as well? I go, Turk, this is part of my job. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts laughing. He's like, yeah, you're right. And then... And then I, he comes back over after the two-on-one drill was over, and I had given up. I've gone like eight or nine times. And I, I didn't give up a goal. And I, he's like, yeah, I tell you, I mean, you did kind of show up in practice. I didn't see you give up a goal. And I go, I can do more than just talk, Turk. <laughs> I, I can do more than just hoop and holler and yell. And, and sorry, my voice is getting really loud. I get really excited. And, uh, and you know, yell at Flower, Subi. I don't know. I just – I find that um, – you know, when you when you dog on guys in a fun way, it's good. But when when a guy makes a great save or flower, like it's it's good to know about it. A guy makes a great play, like it's good to know it. It's good to know the guy saw it. And, and I don't know, it always gives me a little extra when if I break up a play and comes back and Johnny Merrill whacks me on the shoulder, like man, what a great play, great stick. It's like man, thanks, man, that's great. You know, and just a little bit makes a I don't know, it means a lot to me. So I guess I just try and bring that to other guys as well. All right. Well, you've been very generous with your time with us. We got one more question. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, Nate. Uh, I have heard, of course, stories of you at the Wabasha Caves. For those who don't know, that's a uh, old St. Paul speakeasy in yes. Minnesota that was turned into a uh, swing dancing yes. Uh, joint. Yes. How good of a swing dancer are you? 
Oh, man. So I would say I'm a very, uh, in a Star Wars term, I'm a Padawan learner. <laughs> <laughs> I have some type of talent. Whether or not I can harness that type of talent is, remains to be seen. Um, I just, ah. when I went there, I made the mistake of bringing one shirt. Uh, it's, it was hot. <laughs> uh, it was, first, it was like one of the first people. times I had went there too uh, with my now girlfriend Allie, and she just was having fun, and I was leaking. I'm like, man, this girl thinks I'm the freaking. I'm gonna be a bucket of a puddle of sweat here in a second. But I actually just told her I was like, hey, I need like a half hour. Just let me just watch. And there was this. He had to be 75 year old guy, and he was. I don't know if it, I think it was his uh, niece or his uh, granddaughter or something. She was like, uh, you know, in her 20s. And he was just twirling her around like it was uh, like uh, unbelievable, like a ballet dancer just flying around. He was doing these moves. And I just walked up to him. I just shook his hand. I said, thank you. I really appreciate everything you've done for me. He looks at me. He's like, what are you talking about? I go, I've been watching for the last half hour. School was in session. <laughs> so I, I picked up some moves and then uh, I kind of just. I'm much better at freestyling, you know, but so I just, you know, that type of dancing, salsa dancing is much more, you know, choreographed, but, uh, I'd say a good C plus with an ability to be like a B depending on music selection, how many drinks people are there watching me <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and just depends on, uh, maybe my energy level that day. Awesome. Well, Nate, uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on. Uh, this has been the Golden Edge Podcast. Reminder that we come at you every week, usually on Wednesdays, but we've got special episodes coming out when we got special people like Nate Schmidt joining us. Thanks so much, everyone, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.